know what's in God's mind. You don't know what the situation is. But what you do need to know is this. You need to be with God. Five seven six five Y Part One. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And at the end of the last series of messages called the Billionaire Principles, God spoke and He said almost immediately when I finished, "Your next series of messages shall deal with one word, and that one word is why." And I had to even ask God. I said, "Why?" Just that one word, why. I was teaching a series a while ago. It was called The 12 Questions Most Asked by Christians. And this is actually one of those questions because the series has not been completed. And one of those questions was simply, why do bad things happen to good people? It's a question of why does God allow all of these tragedies and why does he allow war and why does he allow disease and murder and rape and all of this bad stuff that happens in the world? Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? And at this particular time, we have the largest storm ever. And the history of Atlanta is forecast to arrive tomorrow. And I know some of you have asked the question about some of the things in your world, the simple one-word question, Lord, why? Why is this happening to me? Have any of y'all ever asked that question? Just when stuff just seems to go and you asking, Lord, why is this stuff happening in the earth. Matthew chapter 5 verse 43 beginning there it says this, you have heard that it has been said love your neighbor and hate your enemy but I tell you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I want you to understand what he says here. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and he sends rain. Now see, right now what we're forecast tomorrow is a whole lot of rain. It's not just a little rain. It's a whole lot of rain and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. The King James Version says, sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. And the question that many of you are asking, because the storm that will come, if it comes as the predictors have stated, as the science has indicated, as the current pattern, if it comes like they say it is, it's going to flatten a lot of stuff. It's going to knock out power. We're going to blow off roofs to some good, solid Christians. It's going to blow off some roofs of people who are sitting in church right now. It's going to blow off some roofs of some people who are even in the pulpit right now. 
So the question you have to ask is, why is God sending all of this wind and rain that's going to attack and it's going to distress and potentially even kill some of his people? So the question becomes, why? And in particular, just dealing with storms, six years ago I wrote two mountain wing issues that perhaps illustrate it better than anything I can say. And I'm just going to read those issues to you today. The first one is issue number 11207, and it reads thus. Ride your motorcycle today with the words that I was hearing in my spirit. When God speaks, I do my best to heed the words. I looked out of the window. It looked cloudy. It looked like rain, and it didn't seem wise to ride my motorcycle. I checked the weather report quickly on my computer. 80% chance of thunderstorms was the result. Not just rain, thunderstorms. Ride your motorcycle today, I heard again. This time clearer and more insistent. I've learned to listen to the voice even when it doesn't exactly agree with my logical sensibilities. So I put my briefcase in the luggage box on the back, put on my helmet, cranked up, and took off. As I left the subdivision, it felt like the bike, a BMW RT1100, wasn't riding as smooth as normal. Was it just me, or was the bike unbalanced? A truck went by me, and the driver blew the horn and yelled out the window, You got a flat tire on the back! I was halfway to the office. I stopped and looked at the back tire. I couldn't really get a good look at it while sitting on the bike, but it wasn't completely flat just flat enough to cause the bike to wobble slightly. So I slowly continued to the office. I had not ridden the motorcycle in a while, so I figured the tire just lost air as the motorcycle was sitting. I called my wife and asked her to drop off the portable air pump. I keep it in her van on her way to pick up the kids. Then the rain came. It poured down. I looked out of my office window at the bike being drenched in the parking lot and thought that it needed a good washing anyway. By closing time, the rain had stopped and my wife had left the air pump on the bike seat. I pumped up the tire. As I turned the pump off, I heard a slight hissing. I looked closely and saw that the tire had a nail or screw in it. It was a slow leak. I figured that I could make it home and patch it later, so I cranked up and drove off. The sky looked dark and ominous. Then the bottom fell out. In 30 seconds, I was absolutely drenched. I'm on 42 at do42.com, so that meant no complaining about anything. It was refreshing, I thought, and at least I was thoroughly drenched. I absolutely could not get any wetter. I slowly drove along as thunder rattled my helmet. Lightning flashed every few seconds. It was as if the maelstrom of angry winds, electricity, and water was all around. The rain was so heavy that I could barely see. I was expecting lightning to strike around me at any moment because the thunder was a constant crack and rumble. In the midst of all that seeming mess, I heard him speak. You have storms ahead, but remember during the storms that I will be with you. I am the master of the storms, and I am sending you into them. Have no fear, for I am with you. With a tire oozing air, a waterfall of water pouring over me, lightning flashing like police lights and thunder booming like cannon fire, I rode on. 
I was aware of it all, but completely at peace and unafraid. Oddly enough, I was quite comfortable. I walked into the house, dripping a steady stream of water. Look at you, my wife and kids exclaimed. It was a magnificent ride, I said. It was. You have some storms ahead, but always remember these words spoken in the midst of the storm. I am the master of the storms. Have no fear, for I am with you. Now, this was a real story. It happened just like I said. I didn't add anything. I didn't take anything away. God controls the storms. So that was my first experience with it six years ago. Getting ready to read the second one. This is Mountain Wings issue number 11, 1, 2, 3. You've seen the news coverage of the recent killer tornadoes that struck the southeastern U.S. This is my account of the storm. Go to Warm Springs. I heard the voice of God just as clear tell me to go to Warm Springs, Georgia, as I was considering where to go for a day of rest. Warm Springs, Georgia was an 80-minute drive from my house. Warm Springs is best known as the place President Roosevelt built his house, went to recuperate from polio, and died there in 1945. Oh, Lord, I thought, if that's where you want me to go, then that's where I'll go. I checked the internet for hotels in Warm Springs and settled on the Warm Springs Bed and Breakfast, a small hotel in the middle of town. I talked with the reservationist on the phone, a nice lady named Jerry, and reserved a room for two nights. I drove my spark car and arrived around 10 p.m. Tuesday night. The door was locked. Jerry told me that she would be going to church and to wash her van, but she would return in plenty of time to let me in. I called the hotel and she answered and came to the door. Jerry was an elderly but spry and pretty lady. She was highly energetic and talkative. She ran the hotel alone and she ran an attached ice cream parlor. As I looked around the lobby, the hotel was full of history. There was an old-style operator switchboard behind the counter, the type of switchboard where the operator actually placed wires into holes to connect the various phones. There was a 100-year-old wheelchair and other stuff equally as old. The hotel was built in 1909. Jerry showed me to my room. It was neat, clean, and quaint. It had red walls, and the bed had red sheets. Each room was decorated with a theme, so the theme for this room was red. The sink was in the corner of the room, and only a commode and shower were in the bathroom. It was definitely different. On Wednesday, I walked around Warm Springs, ate at the Bullock House, and found and attended a Wednesday evening Bible study at Praise Tabernacle in neighboring Manchester. The pastor was a lady named Mary Little. She said her husband wouldn't be there due to the bad weather that was forecast for the evening. What bad weather, I thought. I don't watch the news. Life has enough stuff without an hour of 90% negative events distilled and poured into my mind and spirit. I went to bed around 10.45. I had to leave around 7 a.m. Thursday morning to get back to the office. Somewhere after 11, I heard for the first time a storm siren. Although I had never heard one other than on television, I instantly knew what it was. The loud screech of the siren instantly woke me up. A few minutes later, the power blinked off and the emergency light plugged into the wall socket turned on. The electricity then came back on. I then heard the voice of God say, put on your clothes. I usually sleep without clothes. Yes, I do. And the last thing I wanted was to have the building blown down and I'm in my birthday suit. 
Well, maybe not the last thing, but that was near the top of the didn't want list. In a few minutes, Jerry knocked on my door. I cracked the door and peeked out. I only had my pants on, and she said, we'd better get downstairs in the hall. There's a tornado coming. I finished dressing and walked downstairs. Jerry had the television on, and the news reports were showing radar images of the area. That's us, Jerry said, as she pointed out things on the radar and told me how far away each section was as we watched the intense red areas moving closer. There's two tornadoes heading our way, she said. We looked out the window, and as we watched downtown Warm Springs being buffeted by wind and driving rain, signs and stuff was blowing and bending everywhere. As I looked at the radar map and watched the countdown as it ticked down the minutes until the tornadoes would hit, I had to wonder, why in the world would God send me to a place where he knew tornadoes could potentially flatten? I wondered the question, but I had absolutely no fear. I was where God told me to be. I would rather die where God told me to be than live in a place where I was not destined. I noticed that the other guests had not come down. Perhaps they were still asleep and had not yet wakened at Jerry's knock. How many other guests are in the hotel, I asked Jerry. You're the only one, she replied. Then the lights went out. The emergency lights popped on, but the light in the hall where we would have huddled failed. For some reason, it didn't work. My phone has a flash on it, and that turns into a fairly powerful flashlight. I turned it on as we moved two chairs from the ice cream parlor into the hallway to brace for the impact of the tornadoes. The tornadoes were scheduled to hit in six minutes. What is this building made of, I asked Jerry. It's made of two-foot-thick concrete and bricks, she answered. They don't make them like this anymore. The building was not going to be flattened by a strong wind. It was going to take a real twister to move this rock. Although the building was strong, that was not what gave me comfort. I was where God told me to be. If I was to die that night, then so be it. I don't fear death. I just fear not going to the right place when I die. Heaven is a concept that so many are unsure of. Reading about each religion's belief of the hereafter still does not convince many in their hearts. I was convinced. I was convinced more due to personal experience. I talked about that experience in a message called the eulogy of Effie Thomas. I wasn't nervous. I imagined God riding the twister like a cowboy, riding a bull, only he wasn't going to be thrown off. As we sat in the hall in the faint glow of the emergency lights, wind howling, rain pelting, and the shadows of swaying trees dancing in the chorus of the storm, I said to Jerry, let's pray. I had recently gotten off the phone with my brother James. He said the news kept talking about warm springs and the tornadoes headed there, and he knew that's where I was. We stayed in that hall until nearly 1 a.m., well past the time of the approaching tornadoes. The electricity was still out. I could smell the sweet aroma of the ice cream from the ice cream parlor. I bid Jerry good night. I arose early the next morning and showered and dressed by the light of my cell phone. I drove away at 7.15. The smart car was still intact with no damage. The hail damage from the storm was extensive, but there was no hail in Warm Springs. As the Warm Springs Bed and Breakfast Hotel faded in my rearview window, with Jerry still safely sleeping inside, I wondered, exactly why did God send me here? I have my theories. I sometimes never know why I must do certain things. 
I don't know that I was there where I was supposed to be. I do know that that I was where I was supposed to be. What I don't know is where I would have been and what would have happened if I was somewhere else where I wasn't supposed to be. Someone at my office knew people who were killed by the tornadoes. A couple who attends my church had two people killed on their street. The tornado turned as it approached our hotel. The question in many minds is, if God was riding the tornadoes, then why did they kill hundreds? I can't answer that question. I'm not God. And that was the end of that particular mountain wings. And yet we're facing a situation where a storm is coming. Now, when I went to Warm Springs, I put in the story that I went to a Bible study that night. It was the first time ever that I'd gone to a Bible study on my rest day because normally I just rest. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to go to church. I'm just going to tell you, well, Pastor, you mean to tell me? No, I don't want to go to church. When I go out, I want to rest. I have no desire. It's great as see a lie to you. I just don't want to go to church. When I go to rest, I don't want to go to church. I want to do nothing but rest. But for some reason, I was driving. I was over in Manchester, and I drove past this church, and I just heard something in my spirit said, Go. I turned around, went into church, and while I was in the church, I heard God speak, write a check and leave it for this amount. I said, what? One but about three or four people in the whole service. I wrote the check, left it, and left. I went back to that church three years later, and after service, the pastor, she said, you're Nathaniel Bronner. She said, I remember you because you were here, and you may not know it, but you were here exactly three years ago. You wrote a check for us. That night, a tornado hit this city. The next day, people from the community came to get help from the church. We were able to help them because of the check you wrote. And if you hadn't written the check, we wouldn't have been able to help them. So you see, sometimes you never know why God is sending you in the midst of a storm. And I had no idea why I had to go. And she said, you did the same thing you did last time because I was in the parking lot. You drove by turned around and came back. It's like you didn't even want to come, but some drove you in here. And she was exactly right. I didn't want to go. I was feeling the inkling to go. I didn't want to go. See, sometimes you all don't want to come to church. You just don't feel like coming to church. You just don't want to go. Listen to the urging of God because I tell you, people, a storm is coming. And it's not just wind and rain. All of us, go through storms in our lives of one type or another. But when you are where you are supposed to be, regardless of what it looks like, God is in control. Now, see, this is the thing about the storm. Even the insurance companies, they call earthquakes. In our last century trip, we went to the island of Curacao. While I was in Curacao, I was in the shower, and all of a sudden the bathroom just started swaying. I said, what in the world? It was an earthquake. I had never been in an earthquake before, so I didn't know whether the building was just, because it looked like a modern hotel, and I'm seeing everything just swaying. I didn't know whether the building was swaying, and I was just getting old. I didn't know what that was. I found out I was in the midst of an earthquake. Earthquakes, tornadoes, floods, tsunamis, all of those things, hurricanes, all of those are called by the insurance company acts of God. It's in your policy. This is by folk who don't even believe in God, but they have sense enough. They identified in an insurance policy as acts. They don't call it acts of nature. They call it in your policy acts of God. Every insurance policy, it's in 
acts of God. So when we look at what's coming tomorrow, understand this is God. You don't understand it. But every single puff of wind, even if that wind is a hundred miles an hour, every single puff of wind is God's breath. Every single drop of rain, even if it floods the city, even if it washes away buildings, even if it washes away whole cities and villages, even if it kills a thousand people, every single drop of water comes from God. So when you understand this, what you have to make sure of is that you are with God. Because you just don't know the why. And I didn't know that if he looked down and he said, well, that's my son, Nathaniel. And he's been working hard for me. I'm just getting ready to give him a break and put him in paradise. Because he's been working hard for me. So I'm going to send him to this storm. I'm going to end this earthly life and just bring him on other people with me. See, you don't know what's in God's mind. You don't know what the situation is. But what you do need to know is this. You need to be with God. Regardless of the storm that's coming, you need to be with God. And see, when you're with God, you just don't worry about acts of God. You just don't. My lump of sugar and I, we were on a cruise in Alaska. And my wife is not real fancy, but she likes fancy hotels rooms. She just does. So we had the presidential suite, which was right under the bridge on this big old cruise ship. The bridge looks out over the front, and right under that was our room. So while we were in Alaska, coming back, we ran into a storm. I can't remember whether it was a gale or a typhoon, but it was a real storm. It had these heavy-duty winds. So I walked out on the balcony right outside of our room just to get the full experience of it. I was holding on to the rail. Stuff just blowing. It was an exciting experience. And then my lump of sugar was right by my side. Well, no, no, she wasn't right by my side. Not exactly. But anyway, and then I heard my lump of sugar whisper in my ear. Well, no, she didn't exactly whisper in my ear. What she did was she hollered from the room, shut that door. So sometimes when the storm is coming, you do need to have wisdom to shut that door. So do not just go out and stand on the roof talking about this is the Lord. I'm just ready and I'm a child of God. Don't you go out there standing on your roof and it's a hurricane coming. No, you shut that door. So you do need to use wisdom with things. But you need to understand God controls it all. The devil does not have ultimate power. God does. And if you are a child of God, you will be protected even though the sun and the rain goes on the just and the unjust. You will never know the full why. He may years down the road give you partial glimpses into why. And he may be sending you in some places for the benefit of others. You never know. And as we begin to even see and as we go through life and we'll sometimes have to ask the question of why, you always need to make sure that you're with God. And if you're with him, I'm not worried about anything. Even when driving here, as I drove to the parking lot, I saw the wind blow over the sign that says park for the ark. And I said, "Woo!" So the ark's church sign is not immune to the wind, but your heart can be immune to the winds of the world. If you walk and if you are with God, you don't have to worry about the storms that are coming.
When the Apostle Paul sought relief from his thorn in the flesh, God did not take it away, but reassured him in 2 Corinthians 12.9 with, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Job said in Job 13.15, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. A storm is coming, but yet it's just God riding on the whirlwind. And when you understand that, And when you know that, it will not worry you. But shut the door. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. Because, brother, you need the Word. (laughs) Amen, amen, and amen. You are listening to BrothersoftheWord.com. This was part one of the series titled, Why? by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5765, that's 5765, to listen to over a thousand free messages, or to send this message number 5765 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you, and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often, because brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the world.